Welcome to the Muddy Waters of Freedom with your hosts, Matt Wright and Mohammed Shaker. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Mohammed, I got nothing today. Shaker, I am Matt Wright. Bro job, Shaker. <laughs> Bro job, Shaker. I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. We have a very special guest on today who's very excited about being on the show. <laughs> too so, excited. Too excited. I So excited I had to mute him during the intro. <laughs> we would like everybody to welcome... <laughs> We would like so excited he keeps laughing even though I can't even get the sound up. It's all good. Uh, so excited he keeps laughing while I'm trying to turn the sound up on him. Uh, everybody, welcome John Lindley to the show. Hey, John. Hey, hello. Thank you guys for having me on so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. John is a uh, very good friend of mine. I met him in the. 2015 Young Americans for Liberty National Convention at Catholic University in Washington, D.C. We had a lot of fun for, was it five days? It was a four or five day convention? Uh, well, I, okay, so I was there longer because uh, I don't know if you guys remember, well, I don't know if you specifically remember Mike Corey, rest in peace. Um, mm. He was a state chair. So he was there a little bit early. Weird, I don't. What state? Because I was a state chair. Uh, he was from. So he was from Iowa. Okay. He was a state chair from. Wait. Iowa. So were you a state and chair at the time? I was not a state chair at the time. Okay. I had, you know, just got in the army. I was, you know, I came into Yale. I didn't know a lot about it, but uh, he. So we all thought Mike would be, you know, the best state chair and everything. Um. He unfortunately, well, he died last year. Rest in peace. Yeah, that's 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 yeah, awful. Yeah, uh, we we we've always talked about uh, at the University of Iowa getting a uh, some sort of charity, uh, some sort of scholarship or something like that for him. But uh, okay, yeah. So I was there slightly, a little bit longer because I rode with him, and he was one of the state chairs. And they had you know the uh, state chair stuff going on. Okay, okay, yeah. So yeah, so we had five fun-filled days. Uh, at the university, we got to uh, talk to people like Jack Hunter from Rare. Uh, we had Matt Kibbe. Um, you remember he stripped yes. his he stripped his uh, he kind of stripped his uh, button up off, and then he had this uh, what was it? It was a Stand with Rand T shirt. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes, gotcha. he did have a Stand with Rand. So it was super funny, actually, that, that you bring up Matt Kibbe. The next year, obviously. Uh, so last 2016. Year. Uh, 16. We have the, uh, uh, what do you call them? The, oh, what do you, the, the, the races in Iowa. I should know because I'm from Iowa and that's where, like, where we got our <laughs> mm-hmm. name from. <laughs> anyway, so I go to my town of 8,000 people and go to the caucuses or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I go to my hometown. 8,000 people go to my, are in my town. There's 160 people that were my graduating class in high school. I walk into my high school to speak for Rand Paul, right? And then Matt Kitty walks in <laughs> to talk for Rand Paul. And so, like, I'm the only person there who's like, holy fuck, you're Matt Kitty, right? <laughs> Everybody else is just like... He opened the floodgates early. Somebody, somebody, somebody's going to talk about Rand Paul. And I'm just like, 
holy fuck, you're Matt Kitty. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know? nobody, like, nobody else even has like a clue who this guy is. Mm-hmm. And I'm just still in the corner like, holy fuck, you're Matt Kitty. What are you doing <laughs> in my high like, school? Yeah. Why are you in my high school in Iowa, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but yeah, it was... It was a pretty awesome uh, convention, and we ended we ended it with a really great um, speaker. Uh, I don't remember what episode number it was. Uh, he did upload it on his podcast. I think the topic was what we say we are and what the left says we are, and that was Tom Woods. Oh, oh no, really? Yeah, that's yeah. so weird. badass. Okay, I have extreme views, so I can't like. Don't you know? Forgive me, your audience. I personally don't like Tom Woods anymore. But at the hey, time, mute, mute him. Yeah, he was <laughs> said, I was gonna like, say I will cut your mic. Yeah, so wait, yeah right. So no, no. But we what he said then was like he was referencing Bastiat. Um, he was referencing Bastiat's. Uh, uh, was it like Man of the State or whatever? Where Bastiat's like, oh, the socialists think because we say. Because we're against the public funding of 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 the arts, that we are then against the arts. Yeah, exactly. So Tom Wood said all these things, and they're very eloquent and great things. And unfortunately, in my opinion, like I said, like you guys have a different audience possibly than me. I don't know, but like, <laughs> I what Tom Woods does now is, I don't think is all that great. But like that stuff he was saying about Bajia and all this stuff especially at that conference mm-hmm. it was the first time i'd ever heard of him really and it was amazing oh yeah it was amazing like yeah. i was blown away by it like yeah. what he was saying was, i was blown away but then shortly after that i went to the uh uh coke institute and i had like a internship there and everything and nice. I, so, you know i read Bastia you did kip and i read all these like authors and stuff and i was like oh okay yeah yeah but yeah, it, Tom Woods is a great intro to that. Well, hold your drink, hold your drink, hold your drink. <laughs> All right, since uh, let's let's do our uh, yeah, we need to uh, we need to thank Low Tide Cava Bar. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, guys. Yeah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> we need to thank Low Tide Cava Bar for the cava we will be drinking during the show, and to uh, the wonderful people at Alu Ball. I promise that I will do the dishes soon and. <laughs> clean the aloe balls you so graciously send us yes. to use on the show yeah and uh here, here we go we gotta right wait 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 what, what are these balls yeah. i'm not familiar <laughs> I, i'm familiar with kava but i don't know what about these balls what are it's, these? it's 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 so, um aloe ball is a company that makes uh okay. they make a at-home kava making it's it's an easy oh, way to make kava. you know those mixers that we use well we you know those mixers no, I, 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 Yes, I'm I'm familiar with Kava. I've been familiar with Kava since about 2006, and honestly, you guys have been my biggest uh, bringing me back into that scene. So, like one of the first things when I moved to Arizona, I live in Phoenix now. I looked for like a Kava, like a Kava bar and stuff like that. And there's unfortunately there's not one around. I was gonna say there's not one out there as far as I know. Yeah, it's really yeah, which is really unfortunate. Um, So you guys have been like my biggest. Cool. Uh, my biggest draw into that like Kava scene, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. we're gonna do our shells up now. We're gonna do our shells up, and then we're gonna do a bula, which to me, which means uh, to long life and good health. If you did not know that, okay. it's sort of a I Fijian, did not know that. yeah, Fijian cheer. So shells up, bula, bula. Lachaim. <laughs> did you say Lachaim? <laughs> Yeah, I did. Absolutely. <laughs> to life, son. Like to life. We're all living it, right? <laughs> so you wanted to know what it means to get muddy. 
Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I want to get muddied so bad. It's not even <laughs> funny. Like, I've been wanting to get like. It took me a long time. It wasn't until recently when I watched you guys' show for the first time. Like I said, that I got that muddied mint fucked up from Kava. It, yeah, I mean, well, it, it means two different things. Yeah, right. It, it's a play on. It's obviously yeah, the play on words. I, don't, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously the play on yeah, words yeah. with the muddied waters yeah. of freedom being that they're murky and it's we don't really have as much freedom as we think we do. And then it's also right. because when you drink a lot of kava, you get what we refer to as being muddy. Uh, we were just like, oh, this is just yeah. a perfect play on words that yeah. we can use here. Yeah. Which we can also thank the voice so, like, of the I didn't, I didn't understand waters. that until recently when I watched, like, like I said, I watched the first episode and I watched you guys and I was just like, oh, okay, this muddy thing, like, oh, wow, they mean kava. <laughs> and actually, if you can go back to that, if you go back to that, you'll see I typed in the you, comment. I saw, I saw I it said, when you typed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where I was just like, oh, wait, you guys are talking about kava, right? This whole, like, <laughs> kava in my head. And, yep. uh, so I've never, like, I've never done it. I, so back in 2006, I didn't, so I personally, when I was young, I was a Christian. I was a, didn't really do a lot of things. So I didn't start smoking weed till I was about 19 years old. <laughs> so, and that was 2006. Um, honestly, that's what brought me to like Liberty and like Ron Paul and all that stuff is because like, he was the first candidate I saw that was like pro weed, those still Republicans, yeah, you know, all these things. But anyway, um, we saw back in the day, because it was 2006, and we're living in Iowa, and like we want to get as much weed as we can to smoke as much weed as we can. But we also want to have any other substance that can get us you know, fucked up. And yes. so we heard about kava. <laughs> and, right? And, but then I never pursued that in any real way because I obviously could get marijuana and then eventually you know, cocaine, all these other you know, drugs – and all these other intoxicants. And now we were, as I think it kind of as a society, like we, we, we you know, weed's pretty available. Yeah, pretty much. Like, mm-hmm. what are, the, what, what, are there better things available? And so like, I think kava is one of those things. Like I, I think kava is one of those things where it's like, maybe this is a better intoxicant. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that or safer. It depends. Um, yeah, I, the, I, I know. I know there are plenty of people in the community that have uh, absolutely quit drinking alcohol uh, and switching completely to kava. Yeah, I mean, I, no. I mean, I'm not really making a statement here. I'm just saying that is what happened. No, a lot and that's of, a good thing. There's a lot of people that have done that. Yeah. There's a lot of people that have done that. Yeah. I, like I was one of them. I, uh, oh, were you doing this because of you? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were t- saying, don't say that. Oh, no. Okay, no, good. No. Oh, yeah. They stopped drinking alcohol because of you. I, did. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know him when I started quitting, when I first tried to quit drinking. <laughs> no, so, but there's another, there's another substance. What's it called? Uh, Kratom? Uh, cra- yeah, it's Kratom. And Kratom is like great for people getting off of opiates or whatever. And that's so that's I, something I, that uh as a manager of a kava bar i can't legally say that but you're right yeah um, see the the oh so you, is that where you work i mean i don't i don't yeah know. he's he's like, the he's the manager of low tide yeah yeah okay. um okay but yeah i would i would suggest to like our listeners and even you when talking about kava and kratom to other people whether you actually consume it or not um to try and refrain from making personally no uh, personal st- yourself personal statements are fine 
but not but, making medical statements, statements that this can help you to do yeah, X, Y, no, and Z. Absolutely. Right. Well, actually, you know what? As a, because I, since I have a platform, I've actually started doing this new thing, and you guys might even like it. It's a this uh, it's this platform for veterans, and it's called I uh, Vets Prevail. I don't know if you've seen it on your Facebook. You might have, mm-hmm. but it's actually like, are you familiar with CBT? You probably are, Muhammad. I don't know. Um, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, oh, I've, I've heard, heard of, of it. I've heard of it. Yeah, it's really like PTSD. It's a like cognitive behavioral therapy, therapy is a way to like deal with like things like uh, anxiety or depression or PTSD or whatever. And so it's this silly little app. And, but you you do basically these like uh, I'm, I'm sure you remember Muhammad. It was way before your time, or it was way before your time at. <laughs> um, you remember all those like online training courses that you had to take like yearly, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, because they didn't have computers like when yeah. when you were in. Yeah, they didn't have rocks. Like they had rocks. They like he was transporting on boats he was transporting very large slingshots that's what right. you were doing right pretty much yeah, yeah pretty much like, it was trebuchets exactly right hey, the guillotine day was the best day <laughs> that, that was good time anyway so i that's prevail right <laughs> it teaches you these cbt things it teaches you like just things like hey Oh wow, I'm upset because guess what? I watched a war movie. Like, holy shit, I'm so stupid that I couldn't realize that like watching war movies kind of triggers me and makes me feel bad because yeah. like I saw some messed up things. But it, it, anyway, you teach all these things. That's weird because I watched Black Hawk Down, so I enlisted uh, with a Ranger contract. <laughs> wow. I'll tell you my whole my biggest regret of my whole life. So I uh, went to Afghanistan or I went to Iraq. Yeah, tell us about I, tell us about your experiences and tell our viewers who you are. Okay. Well I'll tell my all right, so I'll actually get into what we've been meaning to talk about today after I get to tell my little story. <laughs> because I want to, you know, my ego is really important. I, I totally, no, I, I understand yeah. that more than you can possibly <laughs> comprehend. <laughs> I, uh, my ego is more important than almost anything else. Oh my God. Right. No. So, uh, I, uh, I'm in the best shape my whole life. We're on this, uh, base called Merez and Diamondback. It's in Northern, uh, it's by Mosul, Iraq. Right. So, uh, they've got this, uh, the army two mile track is like on the airfield because it's so flat, right? Yeah. So you can just run that mile down, run mile back. I <laughs> ran it like 13 minutes. 13? Right? Um, 13 minutes. Holy shit. So wow. I'm killing yeah, that's... I'm killing the game. I'm killing the fucking game at this point. Right? <laughs> I got a hundred, I got a 300, my PT test, right? And my old, old boy, I was, I was working in a, a staff at this point. And uh, old boy that I was working under, he was a, tanker crazy e7 like the craziest e7 you ever met in your whole life but one of those guys where you're like okay like i got your back like you i get you but you know what i mean and uh anyway he he had gone to he'd gone to selection got selected didn't go to uh q course right Mm -hmm. and i don't know why and you know it's none of my business ask questions why there's a lot of reasons yeah yeah, right. But so I was ready. I was he was going to train me. And so I'm like, cool. 
that so i was like i'm gonna go to the ranger regiment and my uh what, what do you call the retention the re-up guy is like okay yeah cool like yeah. i enjoy a contract for like the ranger regiment to be like a engineer in them i go home and i'm only dating her at this time we weren't even married this is my ex-wife now but i was like oh what should i do should welcome I, to the club <laughs> you rejoin the army right blah 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 and obviously i'm on fucking mentor leave from iran mm-hmm. and she's like no of course not like you get the fuck out of the army as crazy as you can blah 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 and so I text, like, I send this guy an email, and I'm like, oh, no, I think, give, you know, give my Ranger contract to somebody else. Yeah. And, like, to this day, I'm like, oh, my God, I could have been this high-speed badass Ranger, yeah. you know what I mean? But at the same time, there's also that other side of, like, what if I had got killed? So that gets us onto what we're talking about today is, like, going to Afghanistan. So when I was there, unfortunately, we saw a lot of special operations guys get killed. Um, and we saw, I mean, you saw a lot of things like, I, I know you only went to Iraq, but like when you were there and like, I remember when I was there, uh, like I remember going home on leave and when I was just being, you know, just in Iraq and talking to these people on who were going on leave from Afghanistan yes. and remembering like, how different it was, you know what I mean? Because Afghanistan was always this such this different thing, and this violent thing, this awful yeah. place, and we all knew it was this awful place. And yeah, then so I, I personally, I volunteered to go there. Yeah. And then I get there, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like once I actually saw combat and stuff like that, I was like. Oh, 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 yes, oh. yeah. This is like, yeah, this is super fucked up. And I saw, like, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Like, you see somebody die, you're like, oh, wow, oh, wow, okay, wow, that could have been me. Like, yeah, especially like, uh, we, so we, uh, we had this crazy, crazy, so we did route, uh, we did route clearance, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah, of course. Right? So we, you know, drove down the road looking for bombs, and we eventually, well, were you attached to an EOD unit? We were no, we weren't at all. And so at that point, because it was 2013, we had. So we you had guys, got, you guys can do what what EOD guys do. Essentially, yeah. Essentially, okay. at that point, unless it was like a what do you call it, a NBC stuff, we could do what route clearance or we could do what uh, EOD guys did. Okay. So we could like we would blew up, we would blow up IEDs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we get called up, go down this road. We, we knew it was a bad route. It was a black route. Like, we knew we were going to get fucked up going down it. It was so bad that, like, another convoy had to come down and get us. Like, every conventional operation stopped to, like, come, like, to come get us. Yeah. It was bad. We saw – we had six IED detonations in the same day. Yes. Right. Like it, they went back to this uh, place because uh, it was it essentially was us next to some uh, comp, Afghani compounds on one side of the road, on the south side of the road, and on the north side of the road was just the open field. Well, the open field they went back allegedly later, and I don't know how true this is because like you know it's the military ever likes to exaggerate. They say they found like like eighty three IEDs there, right? <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know how true that is, but. I come back, it's 2014, I'm in the reserves, and I uh, had a job uh, painting lines on the road. They, okay. they call it restriping. So, like, uh, like if you go to, like, a Walmart, they have uh, 
all the parking stalls, right, that are pavement. Sure. So my company I worked for, they did that, right? So we go to this little town in Iowa to paint these lines, and we run into this guy at a bar, and I start talking to him, and he's an EOD guy. Were you wait? You went to paint or you went to drink? We went to paint. <laughs> okay, yes. well, we were being paid to paint. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. We to paint. But then after we got done painting, you know, we got to go drink. No, no, of course. Right? <laughs> but anyways, so we run into this guy, and he's an EOD guy, and I'm talking to him. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was in Gardaz, Afghanistan in 2013. And I'm like, the fuck you were? Like, then you were working with me. You know what I mean? And he, it, it turns out he was. And he was just like, he came there, like, at the end. And, like, he stayed there longer than we did. So we started talking to him. And, like, yeah, they actually went back. And they found, like, 80-plus IEDs in this whole, like, 100-square-meter area. Like, yeah. Ridiculous. 100-square-meter? No you mean uh, kilometer? No, it was uh, no, it was probably about like 200 meters up, 300 meters across, 200 meters down. Okay, okay. So I guess that's what like uh, 1800 square meters. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> I, I was like a hundred so square. Smart. Jesus, okay. <laughs> that's a because that's a bomb per meter. Okay, so I'm better, yeah. and so I'm still gonna like blow it out of proportion to sound cool. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I caught a fish this big. I swear to Christ. But anyway, so that you will that okay. So that brings us, but that brings us to what we were talking about today. Mm-hmm. Like Afghanistan's obviously a crazy place, but there's also these things that have been certified to have happened, and one of those things has been this practice of bocce bazi, and that's one of the like one of the reasons I came on today. So what what is bocce bazi? Yeah. So what is that? It's dancing boys. And so you have this very large population of Sunni Muslims, but they're also Pashtuns that live in Afghanistan. And these Pashtun people, they practice Baji Bazi, which is where they have young boys who essentially do sexual dances. And then one of the boys is prostituted out. And so you have like a 12 year old to like an eight year old that's being prostituted out and getting fucked by all these different guys. Yes. And that's, yeah, awful. that's what we're getting to. Yeah. So yeah, to our listeners, there was a, uh, or there is actually, I remember the date of the article. It might, it might've been today, probably yesterday about, um, basically the, uh, the headline was, what, what was that? What was the headline? It was basically stating that, se- Young the boys paying for yeah, the United States are paying for like sexual molestation by, of young boys. Yeah, like they're looking the other way while this is happening, right? Yeah, and I believe you and I had a huge disagreement with a certain person that was also going with that narrative and the article itself. Well, and so I don't. I, or what? what? I don't necessarily agree, disagree with his narrative. Like, okay. he's right in some ways. Well, like, yeah. I mean, I was there. Like, I know, I know that. So, at a lot of these small bases, I know that there was sexual assault happening. But at the same time, so many people looked the other way because one, they didn't understand that it was happening, and they only had a limited connect, like interconnection with these Afghani locals or Afghani like military officials. Right. And then the other thing is like, what can you do too? What do you do? Well, can I ask both of you a question? I guess we'll absolutely Matt. And then two questions. Uh, yes. (laughs) 
I guess Matt can answer and then you can answer. And I'm not I'm not trying to um I'm not amb- ambushing you guys. Uh you may have seen actually both of you may have seen it. I asked I asked a question 3 or 4 weeks ago on my Facebook page. You guys remember the story of Now this has nothing to do with the question, but it got me to think of it. You guys remember the story of the young woman that egged her boyfriend on to commit suicide? Oh, yeah, 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 Okay, yeah, I'm not super familiar, but I know you're yeah. about Yeah, the, so the, the girl up in, like, Massachusetts or whatever, yeah. yes. who was, like, yeah. texting her boyfriend, and then he got out of the car, and they she had a 45 minute. Because, yeah. yeah, and she ended up getting charged with manslaughter. Yeah, so when I read yeah. that story, and I, I saw a lot of the conversation going around about it, I thought of, I, I, I was thinking about something, and this doesn't necessarily correlate to the story, but my question is, and this does correlate to this to the Bachabazi thing. Should um, should a good Samaritan be compelled to act? So, what do you think? I mean, as in, if a person is walking, this is just an example. If a person's walking down a shoreline. And there's a person drowning. Should that person by law be forced to act? And if they don't, they get some sort of, pun- doesn't matter, some sort of punishment? You're, okay, or, right now you are describing the Seinfeld series Seinfeld. Yeah, finale. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Okay, I, 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 I haven't oh watched it. Oh my God, yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> okay, so. I was like, this is. All right, he's describing Seinfeld. I got this. Okay, right. well, now I've got a frame of reference here. <laughs> okay, I have a, I have a ready, I have a, I have a prepared answer for this. Okay, okay, I have a prepared answer for this for like well, that's years. That's my question. I'll let you guys answer, and then we can go back to the soldiers and the Bachabazi. So I don't know. You can okay, and you yeah, can yeah, go yeah, off of this Seinfeld yeah, thing. You can go ahead, man. No, I don't think that the good there should be a good Samaritan law that if you do not do something that you are then. Uh, able to be punished for that crime much like like in the Seinfeld episode this guy gets mugged and the entire group sees it happen and they're laughing because it's this portly guy who gets <laughs> mugged and then he's like I got mugged and then he turns and he sees them and he points and he goes they could have done something and they yeah all right if it, you haven't seen the Seinfeld finale by now you're probably not going to watch it but they all end up going <laughs> yeah, to jail I, really yeah, yeah they, they all in, okay that's, that's yes. how it ends they I like this go to jail. Okay. <laughs> And Hashtag I was watching spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag spoiler alert from 1996 or whatever. Yeah, right. And I watched that. I watched that IRL with my dad. So I watched. Um, I watched it too. Yeah, we had a huge party for it. Yeah, um, me, yeah me and my sister, and my dad. We we watched that IRL. Uh, but I'm no. I'm in the same yeah, boat. Yeah, no. There should not be a law stating that you need to help somebody. Well, tell like, me, tell me what happened in this episode because he didn't finish. So they all went to jail. That's what happens. That was, That's how it ends. Was there any resolution to? What, did did they explain? Oh, they, they did in the show. They explain if that was a good uh, thing no, or not. They actually go back to the very first episode, and where Jerry looks at George and says, "You know, you should button up that second to last button, not the top button." And they're just talking about buttons on a polo, and that's it. Yeah, and, and then the and then George admitted that he opening. cheated. And then That's George right. admitted that he cheated in the masturbation contest. <laughs> yes. What the fuck? Yeah, it's all. It goes very. It actually goes way back to the first episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they all just go to jail together, and then they're in the in in the uh, jail cell together, yeah. and then they just start having conversations about stuff that had happened, and then it closes with 
the very first okay. line of the show. So both of yeah, you... Yeah, which is about the button on the... So you agree too, John? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, essentially, like... I mean, if you look at it from the point of view of like, okay, someone's being mugged, what... Why is someone else being forced to intervene? Like, right. why... So, like... If you look at like you guys, like if Matt was mugging you, like why is my sister <laughs> that, would, that would not happen legally obligated to fight him for you? Other than the fact that she is obsessed with you. Shout out to Sarah Lindley because I thought I'd do it. But you know what I mean? Like, why why is Sarah Lindley why is she motive like why is she obligated legally to protect you when he could in fact like kill her? Because yes, you know, she's yeah. protecting you. you know, yes. why, why? Why is that? Like there yeah. is no. I I see no obligation mm-hmm. for that. Or going off. Also, my example: What if the person cannot swim well enough to save that other person, and that person now would also die in the right act it's, of trying to save somebody? I guess is it is it every is it every person's civic duty to put their lives in danger to save another person yes yeah right and no well i'm glad we're all in agreement on yeah this. no there should absolutely not be a law that says that you need to do that yeah um that and and that i think and only partly answers the question of that article um if you look at it from that angle then we should understand that it's right. it's if 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 service members deployed to a foreign country don't do something, then would they shouldn't be punished for it? Because you can extend that to other countries right. too. Like, well, hold on. Right. Let's say it's Afghanistan, Japan, Korea, South Korea. Um, there, there's a slippery slope of if you don't have a status of forces agreement, and this person interferes in another country's affairs. That could drag the host country. Well, I'm sorry. The that could drag the United States in a problem with the host country. Right. With this soldier now interfering with something that he should not be, inter- you know, interfering himself with. Um. So, like, let's say he does do it, and as horrible and and evil as the Bachibazi practices. If the Afghan culture at this moment and the government at this moment choose to turn a blind eye to this issue and then we insert ourselves in what's going on, um, we might be dragged in a whole other problem now because na- because they might ask us to leave. There might be some, some something, some kind of fallout with us trying to push our morals on them. Right. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah. go, well, go ahead, Matt. No, I was gonna, I was just going to say absolutely. Uh, like when we did the missile strike on Syria, yeah, uh, earlier this year, and you know, all of us good good liberty activists who were like, no, we can't be doing this. Why are we doing this? Yeah. the The number one complaint that I got back was, but he's gassing the women and children. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, right, but I. To a lot of these people, I thought this. I didn't say it out loud, but I thought, 
if you were watching somebody get the crap kicked out of them in the street, you wouldn't do anything. So why is it the U.S. like why do you think the U.S. needs to do something like is yeah. obligated to do something if you're not willing to do it? Yeah. Um, uh, well, so there's uh, so there's two things I want to like add off of that because what, what you're saying, Matt. Uh, a lot of these people that make any of these complaints about our foreign policy, unfortunately, have not served. Yeah, they have no. not, they've, never, they've never seen it. They, they don't know what I mean. If you look at the guys in like the liberty movement who are talking about chucking people out of helicopters, like they don't have a goddamn idea of what violence is. They don't know what it's like to be shot at. They don't know any of the, you know. They just don't get it. I do got to be right? fair about. I do got to be fair about something because I've made that joke before. And I can't speak for other people, but I do know that people that some people make do definitely make that only as a joke. Um, well, obviously others don't, but anyways. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like people that like there is a, in the Liberty movement, we see this, like we see a lot of jokes about like violence towards others, especially violence towards Islam. Um, yeah. But uh, we like. Oh my god! And honestly, I've seen, I've seen uh, people advocating for that sort of thing in all walks of liberty. Like it's not just the alt right. Like I've seen uh, conservatives say it, which I guess is a given. But I've seen all types of libertarians say it. It's just it's not just the alt right. Um, and it's it's uh, we talked about it before when we when. We had one episode where I like went off on a rant about Islam. It was after I think a London one of the one London, of the London attacks. Yeah, and um, crap, guys, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> See, and I've always I have always gone with that argument that it's not our responsibility or you know our uh, obligation and to uh, go after these countries. To which, whenever I'm talking with my dad, who's very he doesn't consider himself a neocon, but come on uh he's and his argument is always so we shouldn't have gone and fought hitler oh my god right and it's well it's kind of like maybe no maybe maybe we shouldn't have fought hitler i don't know like, well, but we like, didn't yeah, he was a dick we like, didn't fight yeah, didn't, yeah we didn't you know, fight hitler but we didn't fight hitler because he was gassing jews we fought hitler because we got dragged into it when japan well, attacked yeah, us attacked, and then our yeah. allies asked us to then join in like all all the um the genocide of of the jewish people during world war ii was was at the time at the time it wasn't known about yes yeah like that was an afterthought when we when we went in right but like when we we first went in there it was nothing i mean like what we're doing now in like Syria or any of these countries, like it, we have no, there's n- no requirements for us to be there. There's no reason for us to be there at all whatsoever. And it's like, we have these made up reasons in our mind, maybe of ISIS is going to come take over. <laughs> ISIS is going to take over. Or you have to be like completely re- like you would have to have serious mental problems to actually believe that ISIS is going to take over America. Yes. Right. You know, like all of these foreign policy threats that we see nowadays mean nothing. Like they mean nothing at all. Like, I mean, I like the American military. I may not want to be a part of it anymore, 
but that doesn't mean it's not really, really good. Yeah. Like, our Navy is fucking great. Like, they're <laughs> fucking in every sea. Yeah. And they can, they can project power to everywhere. Like, we have nothing to fear. And we still make up these enemies of Iran and the Middle East and all these places. And that leads to people like you and me, like, going to the Middle East and doing yeah. crazy shit. But then at the same time, it goes back to like this Baji Bazi practice. Yes. Where where there's also fucked up shit happening in the Middle East. And we are. So it's like, does that justify that practice? Does it justify you and me being over there? Right? Right. Uh, your... Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which I would say no to. Is that right? Yeah, is that right? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. He doesn't know he's an eighty-eight kilo. He's a he was a boat driver. Matt doesn't know, <laughs> but maybe you know Muhammad. Airborne. <laughs> right, yo, bro. I just jumped out of a plane recently. Too. <laughs> nice, dude. Congrats. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're a five jump chump, but like whatever. <laughs> well, also like there is <laughs> there's an understandable fear from the the right in the world especially in the united states and in europe um when it comes to islamic terrorism the bachibazi mm-hmm. and like i'm gonna ignore the terrorism thing for now i've talked about it plenty of times but in islam uh sodomy is Strictly, yeah, man. Love Thursday, man. Love Thursday. Yeah, man. Love Thursday. Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> um, For sure, bro. They, uh, it, sodomy is absolutely forbidden. Right. Also, so is um. Okay, so it's not, it's not spelled out to be forbidden in Islam, but it's not something that is sanctioned, or a rule. Because um, this came up on CNN before with Reza Aslan, and a lot of people still talk about it with female genital mutilation that happens in a lot of African countries mainly. And people incorrectly assume that it's an Islamic practice when it's actually more of a cultural thing. It's the same thing with Afghanistan. Like, they kind of know they're Islam, but they really don't if they're Whoa, doing so the whole. the idea of like. Pashtun practice versus Islamic practice is two way different things. Exactly. Like Pashtun versus like, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like Islam versus tribal practices in the Middle East are two way different things. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, I mean, if you start it in Afghanistan and you start with Pashtun practices, <laughs> and you start going west. So you go to Iran, and then it's Syria. You know, it's uh, fucking uh, what do they call them? Uh, Persians. It's Persian practices. Yes. And then you get to Iraq, and you know, you know what I mean. There's there's all sorts of different tribal practices, mm-hmm. and those are getting confused with Islam. And yeah, you see this Bachi Bazi, which is getting confused with Islam, and it's not in any way correct. And like, yes, these Pashtuns have this really fucked up tribal practice. Exactly. Yeah. But they're in no way representative of all of Islam because if you go to Indonesia, you're not seeing all this same kind of like patriarchal, you know, pedophilia. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. whether you know, so it's like it's a way different thing. But you'll see the same like all right representation of like, oh, it's all of Islam is bad. Yeah. Exactly. They all yeah, rape yeah. boys in, in Afghanistan, right? Yeah. I mean it's not like how it works at all. Yeah. I mean my per- my my personal practice is <laughs> southern girls. <laughs> and it's not like you can just apply that. Uh, like I'm a I like I'm a Christian. I love I love Jesus Christ. Roll Tide. I love Jesus Christ, love Jesus Christ in all of my heart and soul. But I love blonde girls with big tits <laughs> more than anything in the whole world, right? And it's like it's harmful. Like I know Jesus doesn't want me to have a harem, but I kind of think Jesus wants me to have a harem. You know, <laughs> so it's like uh, I don't know. I'm pretty likable. A lot of people are gonna like me. I'm white. I'm gonna fucking. I've done some stupid shit. I've done some crazy shit in my life, but still people are still going to like me. <laughs> and yeah, right. Like I'm still going to have nice white girls talking to me. But we look at Islam and we're like, Oh my God, this one guy or the, you know, these, these people who have this fucked up living like lifestyle that we can never even understand. Yeah. Engage these terrorist activities. And that paints a whole culture like that paints Muhammad Shaker from Florida, who is a, you know, you know what I mean? A goddamn war here, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like I fucking I'm an anarchist and I'm like, yeah, this this, this is my dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because of our military service. Yeah, right. Makes sense. Not you, Matt. I appreciate you're, it. You're an 88. You're a boat driver. Like, <laughs> you, you have nothing. <laughs> I'm not joking. It's not, it's not a joke. Oh, oh. Like, I, know, I know he's laughing to make you feel better, but it's not a joke. I get oh, it. Oh, God. <laughs> I get it. Hang on. I just got to mess with the volume here real quick. <laughs> oh, he's turning me way down. He's turning me down, guys. And he says they're free speech. Free speech. Free speech. Oh, oh, God. Well, okay. We beat, we beat the dead horse out of uh, the dead Bachabazi out of that one. <laughs> There's way more to talk about. You guys, you guys sent me something. Let's talk about the other things. All right. I'd love to talk about it. Well, uh, let's move on to the next topic. <laughs> uh, on Monday, um, rumors came out from certain unnamed senators that Trump, uh, sorry, <clears throat> the commander in chief, President Trump, had. Uh, a lot of disagreements with <laughs> our God and Savior, Senator from Kentucky, <laughs> Rand Paul. Oh, Rand Paul. Oh, Rand Paul. <laughs> um, he was, Trump was unhappy that Rand Paul isn't basically stopping at let's repeal Obamacare. Because uh, Rand has came out as he, I mean, as he's he's really always been against Obamacare um, and any version of the bill that would include uh, taxes and entitlements uh, to private insurance companies right. and, sort of and individual mandates. Right. Yes, bailouts and individual mandates. So he he he, um, you know, multiple times he's called uh, a lot of these GOP. Bill's Obamacare light, which I would honestly say it's not a really Obamacare light. I would, as we've said before, sounds more like just Obamacare 
almost more even. Right. It's 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 Obamacare plus or 2.0. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Trump didn't like that Rand Paul was uh, going around saying this and being super anti uh, these Obamacare blight bills. Um, and then Rand Paul came out on some show. I don't remember the name of this, the uh, Fox News, I think. Obviously, it was the, it was the morning show, right? It was the morning show. Yeah, I think it was MSNBC. Okay, yeah, they have them on a lot. That's pretty they interesting. Do. Yeah, um, which I think that's pretty awesome that Rand has. He's super smart. He's very savvy. He's very savvy yeah. in, in how he presents himself. Yeah, but you yes. see how how like he's really powerful for a a, a junior senator. Well, and yeah, like people well, I mean, listen to him, the president. A junior center with a race behind his belt. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. The junior center with like national level, you know. Yeah. Appeal. Yeah. Yeah. The president. He's. I mean, he's got the presidency. He has here. power. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely, he has power. He, everybody has power. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this. So there was a uh, SNL. This is when this, this was like my peak Rand Paul moment. <laughs> was uh, when Mitch McConnell became a. Uh, was it the Speaker of the House, right? Mm-hmm. No, no. The majority leader, right? Majority leader of the Senate. Uh. Yeah, it's in the majority leader. All right, so he, uh, it was on SNL, and uh, there, it was when Senator uh, Mitch McConnell had like some sort of a whiskey dinner with uh, Barack Obama. <laughs> yeah. That happened, right? That was a real life. I believe real, like, so. I mean, I, yeah. I, I remember. These are real things that have happened, yeah. in, apparently, in this timeline. <laughs> i got to make sure. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so they get drunk progressively. They call they prank call Barack Obama. <laughs> Eventually, they call Hillary Clinton. And this is about 2014-2015. And so they call, and they're like, Rand Paul 2016. Right. And they make it clear that Rand Paul is going to be the Republican ticket holder. Uh huh. This is way back in like 2014, 2015. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And this was like when I first got on board with uh, Rand Paul because I was like, oh shit, like the deep left. I mean, we're talking deep left if it's SNL that is like shouting out for it. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and I was like, oh shit, like he actually has a chance. But then Rand Paul, I mean, he's for the most part kept it together and stayed liberty-ish. Mm-hmm. Right. He he has faltered a few times, but for the most part, yeah. Yeah, he's not doing bad. I'm not like I'm not mad at him. I, like I'm kind of mad at him, but I'm like I can't be. I'm as mad as anybody could, could be. And he's if I'm gonna hitch my wagon to any rising star, like it's gonna be him. Yeah. Well, what what's your what's your opinion on this whole healthcare debacle? Can you say Honestly, that word? Say I mean, that word one more time. What's your opinion on this whole healthcare debacle? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not from this country. Okay, Sometimes I the accent come out That's and I don't day. know. Is it some sort of a Pee Wee Herman like word of the day thing? <laughs> say, say, say debacle one more time. Debacle. <laughs> no, I think uh, honestly, I mean. I don't know what we can do at this point. Like, I don't even know what what you could do as a senator, a Republican senator, even a liberty-leaning Republican senator like 
uh, Rand Paul, I mean, you're no matter what, you're going to see some sort of healthcare yeah. that's more fucked up than it is now. Yeah. I mean, I'm a free market guy. So my opinion is you need to get rid of everything. Like the, the biggest problem started in the 1950s when they said healthcare is attached to your job. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, once you started any sort of subsidy for the healthcare industry, it all went bad. You know what I mean? So I, like, I, I, I want, well, yeah. And completely out of that. Yeah. And, but it's like at this point where we're way beyond that, what do you do? Yeah. Well, and, and the, yeah, what, what, what's the, what's the payoff from it? Yeah. And, and, and Senator Paul did talk about that because he was saying how he would, he would vote for a bill that he would, he would vote for a bill that wasn't a complete repeal as long as it didn't include bailouts and right. mandates. Um, but he also said the perfect solution, in his opinion, which I'm sure we all agree with since we're free marketeers, is he says he wanted repeal and replacement. And he, because he says repeal is not enough. You, you, it, you go back to when it was all messed up and then it stays there, which obviously then gives the left an avenue to start forcing Medicaid for all and all that. But he was saying that there needs to be a replacement that frees up the market even more. So allowing people to join associations and so on and so forth, whatever his plan is it's really been the same plan for a while so yeah you're right you're right he and he he would agree with you he he wants repeal of obamacare and to replace it with an alternative to make the market uh easier uh on on insurance and healthcare. you know but we're we're just not gonna see that we're just I'm yeah afraid. we're just there's no way we're gonna see that at all and any, I mean, it'd be nice. It'd be cool. Unfortunately, healthcare is not going to go the way that the majority of Americans want it to go. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Like, they were talking about just repealing it. And uh, what's that guy's name? I can't stand him. He's, uh, he does like. Gary Johnson? No. <laughs> no. Uh, radio guy. Mark Levin? Yeah, Mark Levin Mark, is a radio guy. Yeah, Mark Levin was on uh, Fox News the other day saying that, <laughs> I know, shocker, uh, saying that we just need Wait, to... Wait, are, are we famous enough to get on Fox News? Am I going to get on Fox News because of you guys? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, well, what the fuck? Yeah, all right. I was about to say, when the, what the fuck? Are, wh why am I talking to you guys? <laughs> <laughs> um Kidding. But kidding. yeah, he was on Fox News the other day and he was saying we just need to repeal it because if we repeal it, it'll create a vacuum in which the insurance companies will come in and flood the market with uh, cheap health care for everybody. <laughs> to, an, to, oh, to an extent, oh. to an extent. I mean, there is a problem with health care in this country. Right. There is a problem with health care in this country. But if we were to repeal Obamacare. <sighs> If we were to repeal Obamacare and we were to open up, deregulate, uh, being able to sell, sell across state lines. Oh my God. But there's like, there's like regulation upon regulation upon regulation. We have to repeal to get to that point where, I mean, we're going back to the fifties 
of when we first were like, oh, hey, yeah, we insurance is connected to your job. The 50s, like we have years worth of legislation. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, also, how do we how do we dip, how do we get rid of that? Well, also, there's nothing See, wrong the way, with like, there's nothing wrong with insurance being connected to your job either, because I mean, that's oh, I disagree personally. Well, because well, well, Ford, when when Ford revolutionized, well, part of his little industrial revolution thing, um, when he started he, doing the 40 hour work. Yeah, he and, he added a lot of yeah, things. For sure, yeah. yeah, so there's nothing wrong if the I market allows oh, yeah. you know you know what i'm saying right. market allows. just just so uh, we're okay unfortunately right. what happened was unfortunately though what happened was they said it's required and what would i mean what do we yes what do we hate? i agree we with yeah any sort of like yeah so like that's the thing it's like ford being like hey all of, of course i'll pay for you guys health insurance like that's just another incentive for yes. people to work at Ford. right but then it's all of a sudden Everybody has it, and then all of a sudden you have this, you know, government thing for healthcare, and then boom, yeah, you're in an entirely different place, and you have to get rid of that from the get. And it's we're like we're talking about like going back like 15 steps before we ever figure out healthcare. And like, I mean, that's the problem. Unfortunately, is like where we're at is like 37 steps ahead yeah. of like we have government involved in it. And it's like, oh, if you want to, like, I mean, yes, of course, we all love the free market. I'm a huge free market guy. Like, I think the free market is the best way to figure out health insurance or yeah. whatever. You yeah. know, we're so far past that point that it's mm-hmm. like, how do you get to there? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And before, That's the... before we move on to the next topic, I did want uh, – it's a great – it was a series um, that was televised called Free to Choose. Oh, man. I thought you were going to say Star Trek, and I was just going to say, no, we're not doing that again. I'm on Deep Space Nine right now. <laughs> I, made really, I, made some really, no, I made some really good jokes on this page, actually, about Star Trek. So yeah. <laughs> um, Free to Choose, and it was um, it was Milton Friedman um, just giving lectures. Yeah. Uh, and it was awesome. There was one lecture, I believe... Uh, it might. I don't know if I'm if I got the the right lecture, but it's one of my favorites from that series called um, "Myths That Conceal Reality." Um, and I think in that lecture, it was. I know it was Milton Friedman, and it was during that series. He said that um, back during the fifties, like you're saying, there was no public. Uh, there there was no public mandate for things like. Medicaid, Medicare, and um, our uh, Social Security. Right. Um, so, if uh, I suggest everybody listen to that lecture, uh, it's really great. Um, but let's move on to Seattle since we have five minutes left. Right. So, Seattle did a uh, ballot initiative last year, uh, which passed, not surprisingly, um, where it turned out that each person, each resident of Seattle would receive in the mail a $100 voucher, which it was, uh, they get, they get four vouchers worth $25. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it four vouchers for yes. $25? Okay. 
But they would get. <laughs> 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 yeah, we can definitely hear that. Which is absolutely fine on this show. <laughs> Anyways. But they would get four oh, vouchers sh- for 25 bucks or a $100 voucher. $100 worth of vouchers uh, paid for by a new property tax that they could donate to any political campaign of their choice. And this is everybody. This is the people. Yeah. The property tax is just. <laughs> yes. So this is for anybody. This is the homeless people who actually are still registered that pick mm-hmm. up mail somewhere. Yeah. And to the people who don't own, to the people who do own, to the people that own a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, everybody's going to get their $100 worth of vouchers, and it's all being paid for by this new property tax that they yes. put forth. Yeah. And the liberals in Seattle are saying, this is great. And the conservatives in Seattle, like all four of them, are going, no, <laughs> this, is, this is messed up. Like, we, yeah. you can't do this. And... They they are battling it right now. It's passed. I mean, it is yeah. law in Seattle. But in my personal opinion, this is an awful, awful idea. Of course. Uh, something else I did see uh, about this whole initiative is to actually gain access to these vouchers, a person running for office needs to have 400 signatures. Um, Just 400? Yeah, well, 400 sig- signatures plus $10 donations per per those. So 400 signatures and every signature must accompany must have $10 accompanying it. Um which obviously the really big problem there's two really big problems here. The first one is the first amendment and the right to remain silent. Um cuz we have the right to say what we want, but we also have the right uh uh freedom of association or disassociation. Right. Um, and it's, you're forcing people that on top of that, you're forcing people that don't want to vote or be involved into having their money taken to go towards other campaigns that they may not even want to be a part of. Right. You have the people that don't want to be involved at all who are like, I don't care about politics. I don't care about any of this. Their money is now being used for these things. And yes. then you're going to have the people who their money is going to be used to pay for candidates they don't support. And that goes both ways. Exactly. Both uh, conservative and liberal. Um, their money will be used to fund other people's campaigns that they don't like. And then since it's on a property tax, they're cutting down the number of people who are actually putting into the fund uh, just based on how many people can really own property in Seattle versus how many people live in Seattle. And certain people are just going to be getting these hundred dollars worth of vouchers for not putting anything in yes. to the system. Yeah. Well, and on top of that too, it, it, it makes local party without even naming any, cause it counts for all local party establishments, uh, stronger because the Republican establishment, Democratic establishment, there is a Libertarian Party establishment, Green Party establishment that are very entrenched in their communities. It gives them access to a buttload of money that they wouldn't have had access to otherwise, making it harder for um, 
fresh faces to come in and compete for this funding. Right. So somebody like, let's just go with our local example, uh, Charlie Crist, our congressman that replaced David Jolly. Um, and this works for both, both of them. Let's say both of them are awful. Yes. Yeah. And let's say Jolly wants to run again. You know, it. This would keep out the um, the Tea Party type conservatives um, and how so? I don't know other type of Democrats that are not establishment. <laughs> so here's what here's here's my thoughts on it. Like, uh, yeah, stay back, obviously. If you're like looking at this like idea on a nationwide level, like you're talking about like people who essentially. They should not be able to run because of no one. No one likes them. Like, at the end of the day, like no one likes them. Well, they shouldn't be able to run. They, no, no, they, they can. They don't have enough support. They can run and fail. Whatever. They can, they run, can and run and fail. fail. Yeah. Exactly. And this puts them to that level where I. Uh, all right. So you guys may not be aware of this. There used to be this thing called the straw poll in Iowa. Are you familiar with that at all? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. All right. Hey, so my in my personal theory, I could be wrong. There are some other people who have said this, is that the only reason Donald Trump was the candidate was because the straw poll got canceled in Iowa, right? Okay. Because the straw poll, essentially what it did is it got rid of a lot of uh, lower-tier Republicans for the presidential race, right? So with this additional money, because we're talking about a lot of money, uh-huh. these uh, you know these easily these uh, voters can run. You were having shitty candidates who have no place being involved in a race, who are now involved in a race. You know what I mean? I mean, sure, but and it's but the, like, what do you does the government have a right to decide who is in a racist? And should taxpayer dollars be used? To, no, should, exactly. Right. And that's where I say no. Yeah, obviously, and bad candidates. Yeah, what I mean. Like, well, obviously, and and we can like even just stop it at that. But if you just take it further, the local establishment is uh, uh, Charlie Crist. So, if you ever been, I don't know Charlie Crist, but do you want me to fight him? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But if that, that might be considered uh, a hate crime, if you go to uh, like a uh, <laughs> Republican executive, a, lo- a county Republican executive committee meeting, or the Democratic one, like the established candidates have a lot of sway and know everybody, Absolutely. and it would be yeah, s- sure, yeah. so. It's a lot easier for them to get. 400 uh 400 signatures and ten dollar donations right which then means all of this extra money oh, yeah. is going to go to the establishment and not to these fresher faces that they think it's going to help out well for okay exactly. so 400 signatures yeah. isn't that hard to get and to get 10 bucks out of somebody that's not that difficult like you can just say hey give me what you got if you uh, got if you got ten bucks, that'd be awesome. If you got twenty, right, like- yeah. So once again, like I hate to interrupt again, but like okay, so I I, I was uh, I move around a lot. I'm like just because I love doing political shit, but also because I do like I work in the mar- marijuana industry now. But uh, I was back home in Iowa, and they had a city council race that was up for grabs, right? And it was probably going to be eight hundred people at most that were going to vote for it. So all it took, it was me going out and getting 800 people, like, the signatures, 
right? And then going out and getting 800 people to vote for me, and then all of a sudden I'm their city council representative, right? right? And I don't, I mean, I don't actually care about the Knoxville city council. I probably would have been a bad city council representative. But having this perverse incentive of all it takes is blah, 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 you know, such and such rate, and then boom, you have this much money. Boom, you have this or whatever. Like, that's not going to make better candidates. Yes. No, not yet. Well, yeah, no. no. You're going to get candidates like me. I'm a bad candidate. I'm a bad person. I'm not (laughs) going to be a good city council representative for Knoxville, Iowa. Right? I'm going to realize, oh, shit, I can get $100,000 for my, you know, my congressional race. All I have to do is meet this threshold. Yeah. And that's what these, like, that's what they're doing in Seattle. Yeah. These, These exact kind of thing. Empowering people like me, and I'm a bad person. Yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. Right? No, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> but, but all in all, like the fact that they, they're using tax dollars to fund political campaigns is yeah. is wrong. It is, yeah, it is wrong. I think that if it were to be challenged, I think that it would eventually get shot down. Yes. personally. Okay, but there's also like I mean, we were also looking at that on a federal level already, though. Like, I mean, if you you can on your tax dollars, you can uh, check something that goes to like uh, presidential races or whatever. Like, there's already like I mean, I don't, I don't know if necessarily that's the emotion. Like, I don't know if that's the problem with that. Yeah, like, right. Or tax dollars are going for it. I mean, we're, our tax dollars are going for killing children. Yeah, like, right. Oh, uh, we're we're mad that our tax dollars are going for like politicians in Seattle. Like <laughs> our tax dollars are going for like killing babies. You know? Yeah. We can't be mad about that. You know what I mean? We can't be mad about that. I mean, we can be mad about all of it. That's true. That's also yeah. You right. Yeah, you right. Yeah, you right. Yeah, we should be mad about. It. We, we should be. We we absolutely should. Right. Be. We we should be mad about all of it. Not just. <laughs> we shouldn't be okay with our tax dollars going for killing children. And, but mad about what we we can do right. both we right. can do both right i i ha, i can have equal hate for both of those ideals <laughs> yeah you're right all right you're right you guys yeah, you guys are pretty good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, uh, I fucks with y'all <laughs> uh, i'm so i'm so happy you guys let me on the show it was a an absolute pleasure of mine thank um, you man yeah, no, we're I glad you came home. Over you, like you're I, you just get you were way you went way above and beyond. I really appreciate it, um, and I'm so happy you let me do it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, uh, we're yeah, we're definitely yeah, glad absolutely. you came on. Definitely, definitely glad. But uh, yeah, that's actually pretty much all yeah, the time we have. We can close out now. Yeah, we uh, will be back Saturday, probably early, because I have to go somewhere Saturday evening on the opposite coast of Florida. Um, so I just got to get Muhammad here early. Okay. <laughs> um, remember to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash muddied waters of freedom. You can follow us on Instagram at muddied waters of freedom or on Twitter at muddied underscore waters. And remember you can check out our website for all of our episodes, uh, the articles that we've written and you can get these wonderful t-shirts at muddied waters of all right, guys. Thank you for joining us. Again, special uh, thanks to John Lindley for showing up today. And uh, Sarah Lindley, if you are still watching, uh, Muhammad is single. <laughs> and I don't know how old you are or anything, but Muhammad is single, and uh, he is definitely looking to mingle. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so.
So if you want his number, uh, PM me and I'll give it to you. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, thanks to Low Tide Cava Bar for the Cava and one last quick Bula. All right. All right. Bula. Bula. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. And as always, remember where we're going. We don't need roads. <laughs>